make it something fun. I'm fucking tired. Oh, that sounds really fun. Thank you for taking my direction, Tara. I don't take direction well? I don't know if that's necessarily true. I am choosing not to take direction well at this oh, time. Oh, wow. Thanks for the blatant disrespect. <laughs> You said make it fun, and I translated that in my brain to, to make it terrible. Make it honest. <laughs> and the honesty is that I'm fucking tired. Honesty is fun. And I, you're I, also I fucking tired. That. So I'm tired, honest, and fun. Same. Adam doesn't think I'm fun. You're fine. Okay, well. <laughs> so Berkeley. Oh, there's Berkeley's goes. here. It's if, basic snitches. If you're listening right now, which you're not, because this probably isn't going to drop for six weeks or something like that, go on Tara's Instagram. She just took the most perfect picture of Berkeley. I did. It looks like a senior But photo. I'm not fun. <laughs> I'm just fine. Taking pictures of cats is just part of your personality. It's not necessarily <laughs> fun. Personality? Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, you're fun and fine. All right. All right. There's Don't cut that out when you. I'm not. Edit. This is all staying in exactly yeah. as we say it, unless we say like or um, which we do a lot. We yeah. say like so many times. We say like like so many times. I can't even like. comprehend that statement. You can't even like comprehend that statement. You're hurting my brain. <laughs> I'm like hurting your brain, or I'm so, hurting your like brain. So we're reading. Uh, we did read chapter ten. We are like reading chapter ten. Uh, no, <laughs> I thought you were saying chapter nine, and so I was like, I'm like chapter ten time. Chapter ten. We're doing chapter ten today. It's yes, called we are. mayhem at the what? ministry. Oh. Nope, I'm not counting down. You I got bitch. First. You are not fun or fine. <laughs> Who did the things in the last <laughs> chapter? Tell me. Okay. The loser of the last chapter. Is it Ludo Bagman? Is literally... <laughs> what was a hard chapter to assign a loser to? It is not Ludo Bagman, though. Yeah. I honestly, I can't choose a loser between three people. So it's a three-way tie? It's a three-way tie. Love it. If there's a chapter to have a three-way loser tie, I'm here for it. I mean, and we all know the three-way tie is between... Buddy Crouch Jr. Buddy Crouch Sr. Senior. Buddy Crouch Jr.? No. Amos Diggory. Oh, Amos Diggory. You know how I much I hate him in the last chapter. Yeah, that's true. And then, and, and then all the Death Eaters. Draco. Yeah, we all knew that. You got you got me there. You got me, gal. Draco is in the chapter. Yeah, he didn't lose he the last time he was in the chapter. He was torturing them. He was just being a little prick, like usual. That's just on brand for him. Kind of like how taking pictures of my cats is on brand for you. The winner of the chapter was Hermione. Oh, that's fun and kind of unexpected, but I'm here for it. Who do you think won the chapter? Well, now you mention it. Hermione. <laughs> yeah, Arthur could have probably won too, but I think Hermione is there is, is really is there is there. a case for Arthur, <coughs> but it's, it's Hermione. Good. Yep. That's lovely. Thanks. Will you read my thing, please? Did you send me the thing? Oh, you know what? I think it opened up my email and then was like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> no thing for you. I'm just going to make it up. Nolly knows you. <clears throat> I don't expect you to be crouched over my computer uncomfortably. That's good. I'm old. My body doesn't want to do that shit. Yeah. I'm so much older she than you. She is an old crone. <laughs> She's a wrinkly old bitch. It's not very wrinkly, but the rest of that is true. <laughs> wow, that's the thing that you took offense <laughs> so, to? I'm not wrinkly. I'm not. I don't even have, like, the lines. You are smooth. It. Yeah, you're right. I'm probably more wrinkly <laughs> And I don't really have the laugh lines either. That's because Tara doesn't laugh. She's yep. very serious. It's also because I have a fat face. 
My hair also is black now, so I know I don't have any grays. And I bought another box of black because I needed touch-ups because now I like black. <gasps> Wait a minute. Before we get into this. Well, I haven't received the thing yet, so oh, we can't get into it well, yet. So you keep talking about black. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> we went to a Halloween party a few days ago. They... they you are destroying my basement. Who do you think you are, Bentley? Well, Bentley's busy in bathroom. The person, bathroom. So I have oh, to. Oh, it said it sent. So, time. anyways, we went to a Halloween party a few weeks ago. It feels like it was forever ago, but and we did another couple. Co- it wasn't really a couple costume, but like last year we went as Newt Scamander and Tina Goldstein, and this year we went as David Rose and Stevie Bud, and then our friend Stephanie. She actually went as Little Red Riding Hood, but she was basically like, when I take off my hoodie, my, my hoodie, my red hood, it's a hoodie, you know, whatever. The thing that yeah. Little Red Riding Hood Her cape, wears. whatever, whatever it's called. She was like Alexis, and there's this picture of the three of us, and it is stunning. Like, it is so very good. The only thing is I do wish that you had darker hair, but... Well, that's, it's really just what it is. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. This whole week at work... The party was a shit show, so I'm glad I didn't dye my hair for oh, it. Oh, I thought you were starting to read my thing. No, oh, is that I don't remember. The party is a shit show. I read it. I wrote it a week ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> but for it, real, it, that party was it a shit was show. It was a shit show, so <laughs> we showed up. I was in my David Rose glory, and I was pretty unclockable until I took my glasses off, and you saw that I have like green eyes instead of brown. I was like... I feel like David Rose would have a giant goblet and Stephanie is a wine freak. So I used one of hers and I literally sat down in the living room and got out the wine glass out of the thing and poured an entire bottle of wine and started sipping. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. David Rose wouldn't fucking care. Right. Also, who doesn't want one of those giant glasses? It was worth it. Okay. And I did drink that whole bottle of wine because y'all know how I do things. And then also last episode, you learned about how I had to take little bitch to the vet. Not Tara this time. It was Bentley. And the next day, I <laughs> cleaned the entire house <laughs> to make sure that it wasn't something that Bentley had, like, stepped on that, like, caused his, his paw to swell up. And then I watched the rest of Shit's Creek, and I am still hungover from that. And I cried very much. So, something for you to look forward to, Tara. Can't wait. We're going to watch the last five episodes this week. Depression. Great. I need more of that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> However, after this... I'm totally in support of this if Tara wants to ever do special Shit Creek episodes or... We can sort them under their Hogwarts houses. Oh, yeah. Something... Oh. We're not doing How that How dare right you now. say that? Because now I'm already my... Well, yeah, you have lots of time to think about it. But anyways, yes, I I love it. I need to rewatch it. So And we should rewatch it together. Okay. I have to finish watching it first. I know. But you will. And also and find time to watch things. Get very hungover, show hungover. You know what I mean. Like when you finish a good show or finish a good book and <clears throat> you can't like watch something or read something or whatever for the next few days because you're still stuck on that. Man, I'm still stuck on it. That is the most relatable thing ever, but it's so cute that you said a few days. It took it, me it, months it, to it, get over certain shows. You're completely books. right. It's It'll probably take me a few more weeks. <laughs> it really will. Anyways, read my thing. Okay, so this is uh, Adam's thing. The party was a shit show. The party was a shit show. Okay. A thing for Tara. Chapter 10. Mayhem at the Ministry. Arthur Weasley very quickly packs up the tent after just a few hours of sleep, hurries back to the port key, and the group takes the trek back home. Molly is waiting for them eagerly worried after reading the Daily Prophet article about the dark mark, and she really is the best mom ever. 
feeling bad for lecturing the twins and the potential of that being the last thing she'd ever tell them. After reading the article, they see that the journalist, Rita Skeeter, is bashing the ministry for poorly executing the Quidditch World Cup, and even calls out Arthur, just not by name, mentioning one official emerging from the woods to say that nobody was hurt, but no further information. Honestly, she's completely correct if it weren't for her stating the rumor of several bodies being removed from the woods later, but otherwise she's correct about the ministry doing a piss poor job. The trio go up to Ron's room momentarily after Harry asks if Hedwig had been around when he finally reveals what happened about 140 pages ago about his scar hurting in conjunction with a very accurate dream about shriveled penis and skinny dick and how it coincided with the dark mark and how he sent Sirius a letter. Still to not have heard back. To take their mind off of things, they play Quidditch as a reminder that magic is still awesome and fun and good too. Meanwhile, Arthur says that he needs to go into the office despite it being a holiday to clear things up. Percy does too because, oh hey, in case you didn't remember it, between him mentioning it every five minutes and him always talking about how much he just loves mouthing Mr. Crouch's wand, Percy also works for the Ministry. He does also say that he's getting a bunch of howlers from people upset with how the Ministry has handled things. Once again, the general wizarding population is right, and if they would take this as a warning for some serious reform, then maybe the next few books would turn out better too. Also, this sounds quite familiar considering current events in 2022, doesn't it? Percy also starts to go off about how disastrous it was for Winky to be using a wand without knowing any details. Arthur brings up that it's a good thing Rita didn't hear about Crouch's elf. And that starts Percy off instead of blame, putting the blame on Crouch, and then Hermione puts him rightfully in his place. Molly recommends they all begin to pack. We see that Molly got all of Harry's supplies, plus a little extra gold. How sweet! Also, they require dress robes this year. Hmm. Ron would rather go naked, but honestly, who wouldn't being naked is awesome. Yeah. Good no thing. pants energy, bitch. No pants energy, and here we are. Fuck Adam's not wearing pants. Fuck your pants. <clears throat> All right, so we start off with the Weasleys being the best parents ever. I love them. They're super sweet. Yes. Except for, I'm not going to give Arthur best parents ever because maybe he should have just gotten them the fuck out of there. Well, Why yes. So here's the thing I think <laughs> is that it was a big day followed by a big night and then this like hike and everything. You know, a lot of times you talk about why didn't they use magic? I'm just going to assume that at some point they use magic, maybe a protection spell, something, make sure that they were secure. <clears throat> but then like the way that he quickly like packs everything up and they run back and it's clear that he like negotiated with people mm -hmm. regarding the portkey to get them out of there as fast as possible. Let's loop back to that vacation I talked about from a few weeks ago about how like I couldn't wait to get home. That's what I was thinking about right there. Mm -hmm. Just like, I just cannot wait to get out of here. Let's just call a day, rush out of here as fast as possible. I really enjoyed that. And then Molly's reaction when they get home is so genuine. She's so worried. I mean, everyone is there. Yeah. And I mean, it also shows like how fucking fast the news is as well. Terrifying how fast it is. Yes. And I mean, this is in like the 90s too. Like, obviously they got magic, but... <laughs> they do got magic. They got magic. This actually brings up one of my favorite evil characters and that is Rita Skeeter she's not evil evil like she's not evil like some of the others that we see but there's something about her that I find very fabulous okay. so I tend to appreciate her a little bit more also like when I was in school <clears throat> I was very very close to majoring in journalism and I'm extremely glad that I didn't because that never would have flown based on where I am now she's kind of a bitch but 
Maybe she's also a little bit of that bitch. <laughs> I mentioned in my thing, but she is a gossip and she's starting these rumors that are pretty shitty. But she's right. Like, the ministry did mismanage <laughs> this. Everything that they are getting when they go back into the office is well-earned, I think. Like, I'm sure that a lot of it is well-earned. I can't imagine that all of it is when she starts rumors. Are you sending howlers because it was mismanaged? Or are you sending howlers because you heard that there were bodies and people died there? Here's my thought about the rumors. <laughs> Before where I work now, I did work for a news organization. Mm -hmm. Rita is actually not doing herself a service in creating that rumor. That's something that she is going to have to back up. Some of her, like, bullshit <clears throat> during the Triwizard Tournament, it's still not true and kind of shitty, but it's in a less damaging way. I maybe. Think, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, on a personal we'll, level, yeah. In a personal level, absolutely. We'll get into that for sure. It's not as dire as this. If there are dead bodies in those woods, she's going to have to report on them. Like, she's going to have to well, follow up. But or, that's or why she wrote it the way she did, though. She just mentions that there are rumors. And Mr. Weasley follows up with that really well, though. He's oh, like, yeah, yeah there'll definitely be rumors now because she printed that those are there. She's clever and stirs the she, pot. She is, but I think that's my point. Like, okay, there are <coughs> rumors that there are bodies in there. The general public <coughs> and the readers of the Daily Prophet are going to want to know what the outcome of that is. Is. Right. Like that is something that someone will need to report on, whether it is true or not. We obviously will get into a little bit more of the ethical nature of the Daily Prophet and other publications in the future. But the Daily Prophet is the main newspaper. Like, right. No matter what, that still puts the onus more on Rita, in my opinion. I think overall, because of the amount of people who attended the Jewish World Cup, there's a lot of witnesses too to see that the ministry really did not handle this correctly. I imagine, like, based on the far-reaching nature of that, there were a lot of people who also observed that the ministry wasn't handling anything correctly. <clears throat> so I don't necessarily think that all of the backlash, let's say, on the ministry is coming from Rita. I think some of it definitely, definitely oh, yeah. is. I think it's 100% the truth that they mishandled it and there were a hundred thousand wizards there to mm -hmm. witness that yeah the thing about rita this is me not knowing a fucking thing about journalism and just you know observing the world that we live in that's frighteningly similar rita knowing how to use that to bend words to cause disquiet she's fucking brilliant in a dangerous way yeah She's not evil. Uh, yeah, when I said evil, that is but probably not. She's, but I, but I know what you're word. trying to say. She's she's on that side of the spectrum. If we were to say good and evil, she is villainous. Devious. She's devious. She is technically an antagonist. Yeah. So you said she is one of your favorites. Because I don't like her, I can't say she's one of my favorites, but I enjoy what she adds to the story. Yeah. So at the wrap up of book two. We talked about favorite characters, and you said Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> I think for the same, like, she is such a colorful addition to all of this. Yes. That is not completely necessary. Like, if there was no Rita Skeeter in the book, I mean, I'm <laughs> very glad she's in the movie. And I love how she is portrayed in the movie. But if there was no Rita Skeeter in the book, there is very little that would have probably been impacted. 
I really do like her addition, and there is that mm-hmm. kind of, like, fabulous nature to her. Like, there are people who will say the same thing about Bellatrix Lestrange. Bellatrix is evil. Like, that's, Bellatrix that's, is... That's the <clears throat> difference We'll there. get there, but no, so. um, I agree with you. I think that Rita is a great addition. I think this is the right book to bring her in. Yeah. I mean, this is her book, if yeah. you, like, compare it. Up to this point, we've met a lot of new people. Maybe with the exception of, like, Bill and Charlie, who... I mean, we've, we've seen Charlie before, briefly... But, like, Rita's my favorite character that is new so far. Even Vic, okay. I would say Victory's up there, too, so far. I'm excited to go through this book again to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many. Ultimately, like, she is right. My thought is that a lot of the backlash the Ministry is doing is because of the Ministry. Very small, I think, is actually oh, yeah. from Rita. No, I, I agree with that. Rita is just capitalizing on it. Yes. She's good at what she does. Yeah. We really quickly get into this scar discussion. They go back upstairs. Basically what kind of drives that is they ask if Hedwig has come back. They go and have some privacy. They talk about how Harry sent the letter, which it's funny because to me that's such a small detail in this book too. So it's interesting that that's what kind of pushes along the narrative. But then that's when he gets into, I wanted to talk about the scar. Because he hadn't told them about it Yeah, which is so crazy to think. So much has happened. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, same here. Don't get lost because so much happens between now and then. The things, of course, hey, cue the music. It's which... Time. I nobody. We haven't had any of these the witchy episodes air yet, so I don't have a name for this segment. But this, I'm sure I have mentioned, but like the whole dream theory thing, and then also getting into Harry's divination prowess. Like I have talked a lot about how I think that Harry is actually really, really good at divination, and you know that being like the basis of magic and a lot of the realistic practicing and whatnot. Obviously, we know why he is having that dream at the end, which is a much bigger spoiler, obviously. But I think it lends a little bit into the divination ability that he has, but also maybe something about like dreams. I don't know. I was trying to make some sort of like connection there. Well, I think that the connection is maybe. I don't mean. I don't know. Maybe it's more connected to the fact that Harry has that connection to Voldemort. Would you like to not play with that toy for the first time ever right now? <laughs> Busby's like, that was a good time for me to destroy this. What is wrong with you guys? They are rejoicing that Bentley is in the They are the- never like this. They are never <clears throat> like this. Baby, hello. hello my friend. You get to be held like this hello, now. Hello my friend. He's like, no, no hold like this. Yes. Oh. You are baby now. He's like, nah, bitch. You are baby now. He fights so much more than Baxter does. He's like, nah, bye. Would you like to go upstairs? I think you should go upstairs. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> Don't know. Uh, it was about divination and dream shit with the scar. Oh, I was just saying that he's a horcrux. Well, yeah. That's essentially what I think is. that that's the first thing you can go back to not necessarily the first but this is another piece you can go back to and go yep here's another place where harry and voldemort were connected you know this isn't necessarily divination i mean to an extent perhaps but maybe just the overall rise in power or the energy that is being kind of drummed up in the world that is being connected to this obviously everything that we learn in the first chapter has a big impact to it but even at the end of the last chapter they talked about how now with the dark mark appearing and everything that happened at the Quidditch World Cup. Perhaps it was a little bit of foreshadowing. And uh, yeah, I think maybe it is just him being very in tune to the energies that are kind of being put out there. That's what, you know, magic 
is. It's working with the energies around you. Another thing is that Voldemort is getting stronger. Yeah. He was inhabiting animals and inhabiting Quirrell. Wow, I was going to start to say Quirrell is an animal. Oh. I mean, we all are. It was on me. my list, but yeah. But then, like, the fact that Wormtail found him and Nagini is... He's been, like, nursing there, that yeah. towel. Like, he is an actual, you know, something. Shriveled penis. Shriveled penis, That's yes. what I said in my thing. He's a shriveled penis right now. <clears throat> he's going to evolve. He won't be a shriveled penis forever. But, yeah, but he's, but he's no longer just, you know, inhabiting the bodies of other creatures. Like, he is stronger. Wow, again, Quirrell being a creature? Wow, you are savage. <laughs> He is dead. You want to be nice about it? He was not a good guy. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. It was funny because you were like creatures and animals. I was like, and quirrell. That I mean, that was a list. I was making I know. a list. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make something funny happen here. But it's I not am happening. not funny. I'm sorry. I know. Thank you for blocking my funny. You are just a funny you, suck. I was not blocking your funny. You were trying to turn me into something I'm not. Bitch, the name of this podcast is Basic Snitches, not the Harry Potter 60-minute hour of hard-hitting facts about the world of Harry Potter. Okay. Speaking of energy, I'm trying to drum up the energy, bitch. Come on. I made a list. Oh, cool. <laughs> fun. Lists are fun. Fun podcast lists. Here's the list of all of my points from the last chapter. Oh. Here's the list of all the ways I'm going to murder you after this. If Just Tara, do if Tara it. dies, I didn't do it. I really didn't. <laughs> I, okay, anyway, it, let's get back into this. They have this conversation about the scar. The next step is kind of the report back from Arthur and Percy about like what's going on with the ministry. We learn about the Howlers. Already touched on it. I think they're also warranted. They also do mention Mundungus Fletcher here. This is the first mention of Mundungus Fletcher in the series. Yes. Which, off the top of the bat... Off the top of the bat? That's not... Off the bat. Off the top of the cuff? I, I, you know what I'm trying to say. You get the sense that he's a piece of shit. Oh, yes. In such little information. And it's not like a piece of shit the way that, like, Skinny Dick is a piece of shit. It's that he's this conniving bastard, you know? It's, he's it, kind of an idiot. Yeah. There's also a lot of time here because a lot of this is just kind of spending time in the Weasley's home and kind of being able to enjoy that family time. I like that everyone is engaged in their own activities. It shows like a little bit more brightness after this dark chapter that we just witnessed in reminding us that <clears throat> we're about to return to Hogwarts. Hogwarts is a safe space. It also gives us that warmth and amazing feeling that we get around like the magical world. One of them, I think it was Charlie, was like polishing a balaclava. Harry was using the broom servicing kit that he got from Hermione. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Weasleys are obviously talking business. But they don't admit it. I like all of that. Yeah. I think it shows the mundaneness of the magical world. To, to them it's mundane, but to us it's exciting because it's all those like little details that seem so fun to me. It's a bit of normalcy for magic people. And then really the other big part of the conversation then here is Percy continuing to bash Winky instead of putting the onus on Crouch. It starts with Arthur even saying like it's a good thing that Rita Skeeter did not see the whole thing with Winky and... Percy again then takes it off on the elf instead. Sorry, I called her the elf. I did not actually mean to do I that. I know you didn't. Oh, I know. I, you didn't mean it that way. Because you ripped on his degree a new asshole. Yeah, because he was just like, elf. Elf, elf, elf. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Mr. Crouch said her name. You know what you sound like? You sound like Peter Dinklage in the movie Elf. When Buddy the Elf was like, hello, you are an elf. And he's like, call me elf again one more time, motherfucker. 
I love Peter Dinklage. You are Peter Dinklage. Oh, Peter Dinklage gonna hear this and be like, no, that bitch ain't me. Peter Dinklage, write in to us. Who, what would you rather be, an elf or Tara? <laughs> He'd be like, fuck that bitch. An I elf, love you, Peter Dinklage. Elf or potato? <laughs> Make your choice. Jesus. No, I'm fairly certain that Mr. Crouch says her name in front of <laughs> Amos and Amos is just like well yes we already talked about that but what in this instance though it's Arthur saying like hey Mr. Crouch is the one he is lucky yeah and then Arthur is 100% correct also can I say this I just thought of this because you're like talking about how great Rita is I think it's fascinating that Rita didn't know about that or maybe she did and she's choosing to like hold on to it now that's interesting now in this book you really only get her spinning the shit around and like whatever you don't necessarily assume she's getting outside sources but in the seventh book when you're like going through all of her stuff about Dumbledore it's very clear that she like went out of her way to obtain resources and information. Is that her way of doing it? Maybe, is she holding on to this information? I mean, maybe. She could be. My thought is like so much changes between now and the seventh book that maybe then she is needing to dig a little bit more because things are so much more secretive. I mean, be. I'm giving her a lot more credit than perhaps <clears throat> she even deserves. I don't know. I think she's pretty smart. To that point, perhaps, yes, she did know about the whole Winky incident. So then why didn't she report it then and is there a point later in this book where she does say something about it or report on it or i want to say that maybe later she does mention him i'm excited to come back to that is it possible that barty crouch has so much power that if she did say something it would jeopardize her or could be could it be something in terms of her wanting to protect him we know that she is like nefarious and that she's not evil so i think that it's unlikely that she's trying to, like, protect the Crouches. No. I think if she has that information, that it's strategic, and she's choosing hold off on it until maybe she can use it more to her advantage. Maybe she needs more information. Or maybe it is something to do with how powerful Barty Crouch is, because, as we learn later in this book, Barty Crouch put a lot of Death Eaters in Azkaban. Yeah. Maybe just fucking with Barty Crouch is just not a thing anyone wants to do. Maybe. Who knows? I like the thought that she knows about Winky. Something that I think I'll be interested to see more is like the information <clears throat> that she chooses to twist and the cho- information she chooses to not write about or not publish. Because I think we're going to run into more things like that too. When the focus is more on Harry during the Triwizard Tournament. But of course, what comes out of here is then the whole thing where Percy spouts off again. And I mean, it's like he does in the last chapter too, defending Mr. Crouch. This is where Hermione really like stands up. I'm interested to see more what you have to say about this since you mentioned this being the moment that you remember. When I was remembering back to this book and I was like, oh, you know, this is the beginning of the House of Liberation Front and all of that. I was like, oh, it starts when he is given clothes. But I was just thinking, remember this moment between Hermione and Percy, forgetting that they'd already had that moment back at the campsite. The comparison between those two completely different atmospheres and how unchanged they both are. How they interact about the same thing in a comfortable home situation. It's still exactly the same. It really is. And that's why I was like, oh, I forgot about how Arthur had handled that. Because Arthur says, I agree with you. This is not the time because Mm. she's a 14 year old girl who just latched onto something that she thinks is very important. And she just witnessed this terrible, like, inhumanity treating this poor creature like she's a piece of shit, you know? So, like, that's what's on Hermione's mind. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Weasley respects that. 
And I think that Percy is so caught up in his obsession with Mr. Crouch that he can't even see past that. But then they have literally the same exact type of conversation, completely different atmosphere, and it's really unchanged. It's so weird to repeat this whole thing again, because like you said, it happens exactly the same way. It's just this repetition <clears throat> and for Hermione to get even more passionate about it, it. I mean, this whole scene is for Hermione more than anything. It's so weird. It feels weird to me that Percy is so stuck in his thoughts. So I don't know that this is similar or not. I would say that it's kind of similar. Thinking about if you're ever having a conversation with someone and they say something negative about a person that you care about or a person that you like and you have like this instinctual reaction to defend that person I'm that way like I have people that I care about that I know other people don't like and I happen to be friends with those people and they will say something not very kind about this person in front of me I have to like stop and think about why they want to say that versus my instinct to be like no you're wrong that person is great and you don't know them because everyone has their own individual experience with other people I wonder if Percy is in that space where he is responding in this way that he needs to protect or defend he sees Mr. Crouch Mr. Crouch is important to him and Obviously, we know the respect that he's important to him is that he is Percy's ticket to rising up in the ministry, getting the job that he wants, being successful in the way that he thinks he's supposed to go. However, in this situation, he's also become kind of obsessed with this person. In that obsession, in that place where he holds this person at a certain level on a pedestal, whether it's a person you like or a person that you admire or a person that you respect or whatever, there's an instinct to just be like, now nah, you're wrong without even thinking about it. Yeah, you're right. You said the word protection. I think that's kind of what makes the most sense to me for this instance. But yes, I think that he is unable to really... <clears throat> Like, he's not taking the time to go, I should think about this, I should analyze outside of my... He's going too quick to, like, defend. Yeah. It's reactionary. Yeah. That's definitely, I think, what it is. Which is actually a very relatable feeling. I think so. I mean, also, I'm in my 30s, and when I was 18, I was probably a lot more reactionary than I am now. I guess I also tend to think sometimes there are some minds that you're never going to change, you know? Being able to tell yourself that is also an important thing. That's, I think, sometimes what I get into because some of the times when people do tend to talk shit about other people, if I respect them or I like them in some way, the people who are talking shit are people that are not going to have the ability to listen to me. In this case, it is flip-flopped, whereas... I think that Percy's in the wrong. Perhaps Percy is trying to defend Mr. Crouch against his dad and Hermione. And I don't necessarily think that it's like they would not be open to that. Like, I feel like those are people who would actually like listen and everything. Yes. But it's not him defending Crouch. It's him demeaning Winky. It's not taking like the positive route, if you will. Well, no, not he's not. Yeah. He's not. And he's not good at that. And he's never really been good at that. No. Not at all. Which, you know, is a whole different thing. Yeah, we've talked enough about... We, why do we talk about Percy so much? I feel like we always get into this these conversations about him, even though he is kind of like wallpaper in some cases. Well, when Percy is around, he's interesting to discuss because he's not the center focus, but he's actually still interesting. 
But then he's not going to be wrong for how fucking long. Yeah, he's polarizing in comparison to the other people, I think. Yeah. If Percy wasn't there, the twins would potentially be more polarizing. Not in the same way, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting in this case because this is what launches in such a important side plot. Really, the only thing that happens after that is we find out that Molly, once again, but we already done knew this, is an amazing mom. She goes and gets everybody supplies. She How does she carry all that back home? Seriously. And, like, she, how'd she get into Harry's vault? Because, you know, like, the first time Harry goes to his vault, he has to have the key that Hagrid had that, where the fuck did that come from? Probably Dumbledore. How the fuck did he get it? And now, just anyone can go to Harry's vault. Yeah, apparently. Who's Weasley or himself. Because I think Bill goes to his vault in one of the later books. The other thing here, of course, is the dress robes. And I don't know how much we've necessarily got. I mean, perhaps a little bit. We've talked about how Harry would love to give the Weasleys money. Mm-hmm. Because the whole thing with these dress robes are that Molly uses Harry's money to purchase them. He gets a nice set, but Ron had to get a secondhand version, which is interesting. Obviously, we're not at this part in the movie at all, but the dress robes don't even come up until we're talking about the Yule Ball. To me, it was like, oh, these were secondhand. It wasn't something that, that she had to go and get. I like the way that this is done because it does show that yearning nature of Harry to somehow help the Weasleys and give back. I think that's important because Harry would absolutely do that. And it's not really brought up before this in this book that Harry has a small fortune in the bank. But it has already been established in this book that the Weasleys don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So making that choice to put us back on the same page of Harry does have money harry would give it to his best friend and his family that's the kind of person harry is but they're teenagers and this is also a family that would be uncomfortable accepting yeah well even talking about just this book they invite him to the quidditch world cup Mm -hmm. based on tickets that they would not have been able to afford but they still give back to harry yeah and then when harry is at the quidditch world cup and obviously ron gets the leprechaun's gold and gives it to him but harry buys the omnioculars for his friends too yeah So, like, there's even that to show, hey, he does have some money. And then there's this moment with the robes, too, to show that kind of, like, imbalance in in the money that they do have. Uh, And it even says something along the lines of, like, the Weasleys probably wouldn't accept it. It's not, like, a huge overarching theme that we tend to see a lot, this whole, like, financial inequality thing. Unless we're talking about, like, the Weasleys versus the Malfoys. Like, that is obviously a little bit more poignant. I much prefer seeing, like, this Harry versus the... Versus isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. Harry and the Weasleys in showing kind of like their difference and mm-hmm. that, that sense of generosity. So. Let's fuck Mary and kill some things. I mentioned how I liked those like activities that mm-hmm. they got doing. They got doing. Yeah. Wow. Good words. We're the last episode was long. We're almost at an hour here. I think. Oh my god. We were tired to begin with. So deal with it. Darning the fireproof balaclava, polishing the broom, and planning Weasley's wizard wheezes, which are the three that I actually remembered, despite putting this FMK together a week ago, so. Okay, well, I'm gonna kill the balaclava. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck Weasley's wizard wheezes planning, because uh-huh. that's gonna be a good time. Yeah. And I'm gonna marry the broom servicing business because it just seems very steady and normal. I have the exact same answers. Mm-hmm.
We were very divided in the last episode. Here we are, we come together. I agree, and that is why I usually choose. Like my marriage thing is because it's steady and reliable. And Me too, unless apparently there's a big house involved. Or I just answered it that way. Wait, I'm confused. It's the last chapter. I don't remember what you said. What'd you say? Oh yeah, you married that motherfucker. Oh, terrible. But you are marrying the broom kit, which is good. I agree with that. And yeah, the balaclava, while I appreciate it for Charlie's personality, I don't really care about it. That's really what it was. I'm going to be around dragons. I would like to be around I mean, dragons. If, I mean, sometimes I am around dragons. You know what I mean? Big, scaly, motherfucking green fire. I'm right here. People in my life. You're not a dragon. You're a... What, what did we, you say? I was a hedgehog. No, that was your fucking that was my animagus. That was my animagus. We do this every few episodes. If Tara and I were magical creatures, what would we be? I would be a centaur because I'm a Sagittarius. I think that I would be a dragon. No, you I would, would be a very cute little dragon. I would be a hippogriff. No, I'm not oh, proud. Hippo I feel like hippogriff is closer than dragon, though. You're getting there. Would you be a blast ended scroot? I would be a thespral, and you wouldn't even know I'm there. How do you know I haven't seen dead people? <laughs> okay, maybe you would know I'm there. I don't know. What did you say you were a unicorn? A centaur. A centaur. That's right. You're a centaur. I'm not a unicorn. The centaurs are into divination, and I'm a Sagittarius. It's perfect. I am maybe not a magical creature. I'm just gonna go back to being a a potato porky. <laughs> I know we're still in Fuck, Mary Kill, so deal with the music a little bit later. I recently saw something on TikTok that was like, if you went to a party where everybody at the party was your same zodiac sign, and they were like going through like each sign, they were like, if it was Aries, all Aries in a room, it would be anger management. If it were all Pisces in a room, it would be group therapy, and like each one was like different. And then they got to Sagittarius, and it was like, now if it was all Sagittarius in a room, that would be a party. Because Sagittarius you know, is like the partiers, like I don't give a fuck people. Of course. Which, to an extent, yeah, that kind of fits the personality. You put enough liquor into Adam, yes. I like to host parties. I'm not somebody who shirks responsibility, though, and I'm very, very organized. So my son, Sagittarius, my moon, Virgo, that's where that comes in. And then, yeah, my whole chart kind of makes sense. If you don't know what your chart is, download CoStar, it's free. Everybody, please. If you are my friend on Facebook or something, then we got a lot of yous in the, out there. Do that because then you can also see like who you're similar to and like you can see other people's charts and it's really fascinating. So I should do that for real. Yes, we're still in fuck Mary kill. No longer. Let's talk about the movie. Oh, I was going to tell you that maybe I'm a oh. phoenix. What? You're just mad because I wanted to be a phoenix. Why? You ride, you you burst into the flames? I mean, you always hear me talking about how I set, want to set shit on fire. Yourself? And then you also myself. Then you become a little baby potato? I think that'd be great. I think that's what I, I'm choosing, a phoenix. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. Whatever. It's not in the movie. No, no movie. Bye, movie. They were like, we don't need fun, happy, Weasley times. No. You don't get to meet Rhea Skeeter until later. And we definitely never get to meet Charlie Weasley. We ever. never get to meet... We already talked about that, but no Charlie, no... I'll always bitch about it. None of that. We don't get Molly being all nice. We don't get to see Percy getting accosted with howlers. I mean, okay. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's too bad. Although, I, I am that. sad to have no Chris Rankin in the movie. He's not in the fourth movie at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. He doesn't even get... Well... I mean, he's annoying in this chapter, so fine. 
Alright, let's get to the points and go home. Not not <laughs> I don't have to go home. I'm He's gonna, like, get the fuck home. Get out of my I'm house. Tired lady. of you being here. I, we both need to sleep. I think that's what I'm getting at. Anyways, plus fifteen. What a surprise to Molly and Arthur again. Guys, if you're doing the math, they're winning this book. They're like the they're very amazing. top. They're just such good fucking parents. They're great. Every single time, like, they're always killing it. Love them. Plus 15 to Molly and Arthur. Plus 5 to Harry for wanting to give the Weasleys money. I also haven't given Harry tons of points comparatively this time. I just like that generous spirit that he has. I'm also giving plus 5 to Rita Skeeter. There it is. Yeah. I honestly feel like I could have given her more, but 5 is fine. Because she's right. She actually could maybe be a Slytherin with positive points at the end of this book. Who knows? That's going to be a journey because I'm sure there are times where I'm going to be like, this bitch don't deserve any points. She gets some taken away. She's definitely a character that at the beginning of this book, I didn't have on my radar, but I was like, oh yeah, she's here. I like, like is not the right word. We already talked about this, but I enjoy her addition. The only person who's getting points taken away is Percy. I knew that was coming. He needs to get off Crouch's dick. Chill, Percy. Well, we won't see him too much longer because the next chapter is called The Hogwarts Express. Aboard the Hogwarts Express. I was fucking close that time. So, and Percy ain't at Hogwarts anymore, so we ain't gotta see him Mm -hmm. anymore. It'll be fun. Yeah. We're finally on our fucking way back to finally. Hogwarts. 158 pages this into the fucking book. This is why I've always been like, it takes them so long to get back to like what's familiar. Chapter 11. Yes. Although, generally speaking, this did go faster this time like we thought it would. Yeah. And if you look at the actual book, we've still got a lot to go. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, we're what? Maybe a fifth into the book? I'd say that's a safe... Assumption. We got a lot more to talk about. So yeah, next time we're going to be talking about the Hogwarts Express. Uh, Finally, Uh, going back to Hogwarts. While we are talking about stuff coming up, do you want to talk about how we've got some special guests lined up? So yeah, this book's going to have a handful of special guests. I think the first person you're going to hear, this book will be a repeat. Our dear friend Brian O. Jackson will be here in uh, maybe about a month from now. Um... Is his chapter. Uh, that sounds amazing. And then the second one will be First Timer. No. Next is Steven Ostertag again. Then it will be another one. You don't know him. Steven and Ostertag. Then, then we got new people. Then we got a bunch of new people. And by a bunch, I mean we got... We got three some, ladies. We got three ladies who are lovely. Be lady Yeah. Yeah, you did it last time. I did, so I, I did. did this so the first of the three... Is hey, three lovely, ladies. Is our lovely friend Roxana. And she will be joining us sometime. Sometime in the future. <laughs> um, and then after that will be Olivia Petrie, who was unable to be part of our Puffs yes. episode. So this but she is was going in Puffs with us and she's wonderful and we're excited to have her on the podcast. And then our final guest for this season will be Ashley Frederick Brubaker 
who is who I'm always talking about yeah, and being like has, I don't know you but who who um almost always responds to our episodes after they come yeah. out to our I was talking tales. about drinking wine out of your hands Ashley that I had to cut out of a previous episode but eventually we'll do another uh cutting room floor eventually you'll meet each other and he'll drink wine out of your hands yeah no context but that's gonna happen that's an Ashley nice relationship so she drinks she drinks wine out of your hands but that's how we got into talking no, about no this. context Oh, I thought, well, somehow we got into me drinking wine out of your hands or vice versa. So get ready. Well, if we do this in person, we might be doing some of these. We might be like phoning some people in. But if you're in person, get ready, Ashley, for that. She's going to be like, I'm going to do this remotely. Don't worry, Brian, Steven, Roxanna, and Olivia, if you want to drink out of my hands or vice versa, I'll let you do that. Although Olivia can't do that because she, Olivia does not live in the Cleveland area anymore, unfortunately. So we're probably going to have to call her in. But we can't wait either way. Yeah. So obviously you're like, why are you telling this uh, to us 10 chapters in? It's because we just figured it out, guys. Yeah. And we like to plan ahead. We also probably have some other like fun little things coming up too. Let you know. We'll, the, you'll find it out when you find it out. And I'll try to be better with the social media, so maybe you'll find it out better. And more <laughs> better. Better. Sooner, better. Sooner, better. yeah. <laughs> better. Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's good. I We're very tired. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Let me make my way to audacity and stop. <laughs> Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora. Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.